Hey there, this is Sean Mallory. Welcome to my podcast, Where Did I Get Like This? A show where I interview my guests about the places they grew up and how that impacted their adult lives. This is episode four. My guest is someone I'm very close to. She's one of my favorite people. She's a social worker at an Indian reservation in New Mexico. She's a mother of two and is also my sister. This was a fun trip down memory lane for us as we tried to recall the scattered details of our childhood. And this one's a little different because she got me to open up a bit more about my experiences, which adds a new layer to the conversations I've been having. All right, I hope you enjoy the episode. I have to say we are in a somewhat soundproof closet under the stairs in your house. Uh, Very reminiscent of our childhood. Uh, yes, it really is. Oh, so on that note, like so many podcasters and radio people before me, I am interviewing my sister today because family are the only ones that seem to agree at first. So thank you for that. <laughs> if you could give us an introduction, maybe your age, where you're at, what do you do with your life these days? And we'll start there. Oh, man. Let's see how much time you got. No, I'm I'm 30. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm 41 years old and I am married. I have a husband and two young boys. So I'm a little outnumbered. Christian woman. Let's see. As far as what I do for work or for a living, I started my career as a social worker. So I had an undergrad in social work and worked in foster care. I worked with homeless youth, and then I transitioned, got a master's degree in counseling psychology. So I'm a, a counselor. I've worked in high schools for the last seven years, working with at-risk teenagers. And, and now I actually work on an Indian reservation near Pagosa Springs, doing counseling for high school students and elementary students. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Right on. I really appreciate all that. It's, it's a lot. Very well-rounded person, I think. Hmm. The reason why I like to start there is because there's a lot of interest on people's origin stories and how they grew up. And I'm kind of interested in starting where you are now and mm -hmm. looking back at how the way you were raised affected you and sort of shaped the way you think. Mm -hmm. Okay. To your recollection, how many times did we move as kids? Is it fair that I took notes on this? No, you want me to no, do it without looking no, please. Notes are good. No, I, I believe... We moved six times. That's what I have too. Okay. We are Air Force brats. Yeah. Our dad was a career Air Force. So let's just talk a little bit about our moves mm -hmm. as we remember them. And I think this is interesting too, because this is, check our actual memory on how things went. It's it's kind of fun. <laughs> or lack to, thereof. Right. So we were both born in Clovis, New Mexico. Yeah. Born in a military hospital there. Mm-hmm. And I think we were there something a little less than three years. That Don't was, even know. That I was pretty vague. I have no recollection of Clovis whatsoever. Yeah. I, I know we've been told about Clovis mm -hmm. and that we lived in a small pink house. Mm -hmm. And that's about all I mm -hmm. know, too. Our next move was to England. Yes. Right. So we lived in a small British farm community. What do you remember about those times? This is where it gets fun. I don't know what I know because I remember it mm -hmm. or what I know because I've been told stories about it sure. and seen pictures. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't I don't think I have any actual memories hmm. that go back that far. Because yeah. we lived there about four years. So I think, was it? Yeah, no, I, no, I don't think so. Not even that long? No, I think yeah, okay. <laughs> See, this is where we have to bring less. in our parents. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was only maybe Two and a half or three. I know I was talking. Yeah. We, we were talking because there's recordings of us with British accents correct. that we used to send back to the States to family. Yeah. I mean, but I, what I remember is what stories I've been told. And I can sure. picture you know, our house, but mm -hmm. through stories that mom and dad have told us about. Mm -hmm. So my guess is you probably have more memories from England than I do. I remember we had field days and this swimming, swimming. swimming. we had swimming and stuff yeah. and again this is a thing that we've been told but i mean apparently you know we were the only american kids at our school so we were kind of little celebrities according to our mom <laughs> she may has made comments about the field days where i had to change in front of the little oh. british girls apparently one of the only circumcised kids <laughs> they'd ever seen well, so that fact. got me glory there for some reason we had a, a british nanny that was with us a lot and we had some neighbors that lived that owned the property that we, we lived on. They they were the actual farmers. I remember doing some traveling in Europe because we both learned to ski there. And no, we learned to ski in Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> other than that, it's the same yeah. thing. It's like what our parents have told us. And 
I don't yeah. have any of that in my but recall. I, mean, I don't know. I remember, again, we came back with accents and I, mm-hmm. I think we had some you right. know, celebrity that way or whatever when we came back, but it right. didn't last long. No, the only time in our lives yeah. I can yeah. ever say it was a celebrity. You're right, right. <laughs> And then the only, so the only other thing is I remember when we came back from England, we had, right? yeah, we were on a military mm-hmm. transport plane mm-hmm. and they basically put us back in the cargo bay where they put tanks and stuff. And they, but again, that could have been told. I know we went up in the cockpit, mm-hmm. yep. but okay. So England, <laughs> Blur, right. Blur. So, right. I think I was roughly six when we left. I think you were roughly four or five, oh but don't know. Yep. Next place where we moved. Ohio. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that was Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that was a suburb of Cincinnati. Our dad was going to grad school there mm-hmm. for computer science. I went to a Catholic school. I don't know about you. No idea. All right. Oh, my gosh. And this yeah. makes me think I haven't asked lots of questions yeah, to mom sure. and dad. Wow. We lived there 18 months, I think, which is always weird to me because it felt like we lived there forever. forever. Yeah. 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 I have more memories from there for mm-hmm. sure. And then I, yeah, again, vague. Pictures. I remember yeah. more about pictures and stories. I remember a yeah. story of us throwing rocks at cars out that in the was, neighborhood. That was Colorado. No, 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 it was Ohio. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, okay, unmatching uh, memories. Okay, well, I think I have a story like that from oh. Colorado. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember and, anything about school, but I also think uh-huh. I started kindergarten when we had our next move. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if I went to preschool or uh, if I even okay. went to school. Sure. Yeah, vague and things we've been told more than anything yeah. else thing I remember about a couple of my friends was they had older siblings and that they were often corrupting figures, at least for me. <laughs> very, very few memories, for sure. Okay. Again, I think, to my knowledge, it was a short stay. So then what was next? Colorado Springs. Correct. So we mm-hmm. went to the Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. Our dad was a teacher there. We lived on yes. officer-based housing. Yep. We were there. We were there about four years is what I Yes. And, and I feel like I went from kindergarten to... I do remember being introduced to like children's theater there, which Hmm. kicked me off. I think I remember being in some kind of plays. (laughs) They kicked you out? No, no. Like sort of kicked off my my interest in theater, right? One thing that stands out for Colorado for me is so the cadets were the military students at the academy. And there's a way that you could sponsor these cadets. And so I always remember us having a revolving door of cadet students coming through that sort of ended up being like older brothers and sisters to us. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that being really cool. Yeah. And what stands out to me is there was, I think that was really some different exposure hmm. you know, to some different, you know, culture. culture. So we were uh, on base for housing for school through elementary. Mm-hmm. And then we went off the base for middle school. You did. I, I never oh, did. You, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And that was a crazy experience because that was the first time I'd really had to ride a bus anywhere. Oh, interesting. And... And also, just that was introduced to a, a much larger base of kids and yeah, cultures. cultures and economic backgrounds. I, I don't remember feeling like there was a, much diversity. I remember mm-hmm. the, or at least I didn't know it or notice mm-hmm. it. But sure. when I'm looking back at that time, I feel mm-hmm. like it was very, mm-hmm. like everybody looked like me. Sure. It was a very kind of closed community. I agree. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And I, what I've learned later Going back to the base, you know, the base was divided between officers and enlisted, right? right. The enlisted kids probably tended to be more kids of color, things like that. Officer of the base. housing, yep. Yep. And so while we were never a rich family, that situation made it seem like we had money and everything. Right. And again, the government took care of us and we lived yep. very good lives, but it's not like, upper sure. cl- you know, so I mean... Going, looking back at that now, it's just weird that that, that was the case, right. right? It felt like a little microcosm, yeah. like a little mm-hmm. community that, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, you felt like everybody was in the same class. I mm-hmm. remember walking to and from school. I remember you sticking up for me to some bigger kids and some oh, wow. boys. That, oh, sure. yeah, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You took care of me back then. Yeah. But yeah, nothing huge that stands out. There's yeah. no glaring memories that yeah. for me make a huge mm-hmm. difference in my life now sure. that I can remember. Yeah, so that's basically Colorado. So then what's next? Virginia. I guess to note here, our parents always did try to move during the summers, right? But I I want to say maybe Virginia was one of the places where we moved mid, like Christmas break or oh, something gosh. like that. What stands out oh, for man. the move to Virginia? Well, Virginia, we built a house that okay. stood out. That was the first time in a long time 
we hadn't lived off base. Right. Or so, mm-hmm. so we were building a house off base. Mm-hmm. And we did, like you mentioned before, we took a bus to get to our school. Mm-hmm. And, and that is actually what my earliest memories of like being in classes or close proximity to people of color. Mm-hmm. People of color, that was, you know, where I was introduced to diversity. And I remember feeling in shock to some of that, mm-hmm. you know, because it was nothing that I was used to or accustomed to but so I, I remember feeling that was an adjustment yeah but but yeah that was middle school and that was also middle school so i was yeah. going from being in elementary yeah. to sure. you know being around the bigger kids and yeah. stuff so yeah i remember having you know friendships with kids and that was the first time i remember having friends with divorced parents that was mm. new for me hmm. But we used to have a lot of independence again you know mom worked out of the home and mm-hmm. you know riding around the forest or Oh, right. Yeah, because yeah. we lived at a country club and they were just building around us, basically. Well, I yeah. don't think it was a country yeah, club. It, it was, was just a new neighborhood. Well, but it, it was central to oh, a golf course. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, now that you say that, I remember, yeah, riding around on the golf course mm-hmm. and stuff. I had my first kiss on the oh. golf course, Oh, I think. that's funny. I yeah. have golf course kiss stories, too. Oh, oh fun. Memories. Later on. Uh, later yeah, on. yeah, 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 <laughs> sure. We were, again, not very close to the base. So this time, you know, especially after Colorado, we were... With, yeah, a very different population of kids. Mm-hmm. And we lived in a very white mm-hmm. golf course space, suburban. suburban. Yep. But yeah, the second we got on the bus, that was yeah. not the case. I do remember that being, you know, a little bit of a, a culture shock as well. I always felt just daunted by the size of the kids. And, you hmm. know, so no, that was, that was the rest of junior high was there, I think. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. So bad at this. Because so I did go to at least one year junior high before. Yeah. But the interesting thing about Virginia was it was the first time we lived anywhere near our grandparents or our family. any family. Yep. And we had seen family occasionally when we moved and sometimes they came to see us. And I do remember we got to spend a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Barely knew our grandpa on mm-hmm. our mom's side. We got to know them a little better. We did spend time with our cousins, better or worse there. Mm-hmm. We had... Actually, family from both sides. Dad's side was in Maryland, in D.C. Oh, yeah. So that really was a very different experience, I think, overall, because that had never been the case. Mm-hmm. I know that was something on my kind of list of things that stood out about yeah. moving around so much is the no proximity to family, yeah. hardly ever. And mm-hmm. so we didn't grow or nurture those relationships a whole heck of a lot. Sure. We did while we were in Virginia a little bit more, but we, mm-hmm. we would always take trips to visit family. Yeah. No matter where we lived, you know, mom and dad were great about taking us cross country and we basically always drove yeah but it usually involved a move right i mean that's my memory of it i mean not always Mm -hmm. but i think those were prime times for us because we were if we were driving cross country but yeah you're right i mean we we weren't completely separated from them you know but i feel you know short visits quick Mm -hmm. visits not tons of time i don't i don't feel a a, like i ever had a super closeness Mm -hmm. to grandparents or cousins or aunts and uncles you know like like I see other people do. Right. Did you, do you remember envying that relationship you saw with other kids or? No, not back then because it, it was what it was. Those are my cousins and they live across state and I know who they are, but mm-hmm. we're not friends. Mm-hmm. I think as an adult, looking back on that, I, I see that as a downfall. Mm-hmm. I look at that as kind of a real negative about the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk mm-hmm. about what are things that have happened since we've moved around so much, that's one of the things I look back on and go, dang, I, mm-hmm. I really wish we had tried it another way or sure. we had been able to nurture those relationships because we mm-hmm. do. We have tons of cousins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and around our age, either younger or older, or right around the same age and mm-hmm. doing very neat and different things with their lives. And I, yeah. you know, they're never someone I call to tell about what's going on in my life. You know, they're on my Christmas card list and that's sure. it. Yeah, or yeah. I have Facebook friends. But mm-hmm. that does make me sad. Hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, it does stand out. So we got through middle school mostly unscathed. <laughs> You know, my freshman year it would have been, you know, your seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. Our dad was sent to Korea for a year on oh, remote. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we were without a dad for a year. Mm-hmm. It was really rough on our mom. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's really the first place I have some solid memories right. from. Right. More you know? significant memories. Yeah. 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 I definitely gotten involved with theater there. Yeah. In my freshman year, I played JV soccer and I was actually getting taller and thinner and actually did okay with it for once. Mm. You know, I remember just trying just to stay with my head down in that mm-hmm. year of high school, trying not to get in fights or get picked on. Interesting. I Again, because I think I was daunted by that culture shift, yeah. you know. Interesting. Yeah. Junior high dances, mm-hmm. early girlfriends there, for sure. Golf course makeouts. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. But in Virginia was when I first, I think, made first good friends that I I knew I would miss when we moved. Right. It was the first time I really feel or recall feeling like, oh, this is going to be a loss right. when we leave. Same. I remember keeping in touch with kids from Virginia when we had our next move. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I did that from, you know, the previous moves. Correct. We were finally old enough to have those independent relationships with those kids, independent from our parents and mm-hmm. their relationships and, yeah. you know, some depth maybe to those relationships. Sure. Something you mentioned was interesting because you, you said that that year when dad went to Korea was really hard on mom, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what mom was like when that was hard for her. I remember mm. talking about as an, an older person, I remember talking with her that it was a hard time in her life, mm-hmm. but I don't remember her showing that or what that looked like. Well, I think, I I don't know, there's, again, it's vague for me, but I remember feeling, at least for me, it was like, I'm like the man of the house or whatever, you know, Mm. it's the only time I've ever felt anything, (laughs) you know, like that. So, no, I just, I remember we were both involved with stuff and I I just remember her maybe being lonely and and trying to cling to us a little bit more. Probably little jerks and wanted uh, nothing to do Yeah, we might have been pretty, you know, like. We're also saying that our our close friends in like the neighborhood would kind of. Not disowned her a little bit, sure. but didn't invite her to do things as much. And because it was wasn't a military mm-hmm. area, it, she probably didn't have many people around us that were in a similar situation right. or could, or could identify that. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and you're right. I mean, I, I know it was hard and I know a lot of, you know, once a week they would talk sort of things. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, I don't have a clear sense of mm-hmm. how that was. That, again, could be a thing that we've talked about with her since. But mm-hmm. at the time, I really don't mm-hmm. know other than her just maybe being sad sad right mm-hmm. for how, how much she shared that with us i yeah i feel like maybe mom mom protected us from a lot of her feelings mm. a, a lot of our sure. childhood yeah 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 so virginia mm-hmm. maybe kind of a turning point in terms of our ages and mm-hmm. you know where we were yeah at all right so then i know it was the summer after my freshman year we moved where we moved to we moved to Nebraska, Papillion. That was our final move as a military family. Retired. He did. That was after. his final post, and he did recruiting as his last mm. job, and did Didn't not like it. it. Yeah, nope. we did live in a suburb, sort of in between military base and the town that we actually went to high school at. Mm-hmm. So we were once again in a brand new neighborhood, brand mm-hmm. new house. Eventually, there were people our age, but not at first, mm-hmm. which was something I was meaning to ask before. We moved into these brand new neighborhoods and we tended to have each other mm-hmm. as our friend groups, right? I don't know how much you remember about that. I mean, I, it seems like we sort of had each other just, yeah. you know. No, I think, I rem- I mean, you're probably in just about every memory that I have in my childhood, <laughs> the memories that I actually, you know, sure. you are in them because yeah. you, yeah. I do remember having friendships with other mm-hmm. kids and stuff, but sure. certainly you and I were with yeah. each other majority of the time. And we mm-hmm. fought, I, re- I remember having really close times with you, but sure. then fighting like cats and dogs. That's mm-hmm. the, I think that's how mom describes it too. Sure. You know, we were best friends and yeah. hated each other yeah. and best friends and hated each other. But I think this move was pivotal because I was yeah. going into my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. You were coming out of junior high. No, no, I was starting. Oh, shoot. No, 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 no. I was, I was my last year of junior high. Okay. I think I was, yeah, sorry. I think that's where we were both finding our own footing in yeah. terms of our own friendships. Right. And you were getting way into sports. Mm-hmm. I was sort of, way into theater and trying to stay in the, in the soccer and stuff it just mm-hmm. wasn't i couldn't do both so i mm-hmm. ended up doing theater and i think we really had a sort of a split then yeah. i think it, we were both just independent we're in our own little yeah. high school bubbles then even when we were at the same school yeah i always felt i was very neutral personality mm-hmm. there i yeah. was everywhere but i was i really never really cared yeah you know i think Popularity was a thing for you, well, with soccer and stuff, but I think it was just that world. I, I think I wanted it. Yeah. I don't know if I ever claimed but it you, back then. But, you know, your own relationships and your yeah. social activities yeah. varied from mine. I mean, I like to joke that I hung out with a bunch of Mormon kids <laughs> because there was a very heavy Mormon population and they, a lot of them were theater kids uh-huh. for whatever reason. A lot of military Mormon kids. Oh, interesting. And that's my friendship group yeah. for the most part. But I... I was kind of all over the map. I had friends that were grunge kids and soccer friends Mm. and theater friends, you know, so never really into one over the other, except Mm -hmm. for when it came to theater, Mm -hmm. you know. How was making friends? Because that's that's one Mm -hmm. thing that really stands out for me. Sure. Moving to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I felt like it was super hard Mm -hmm. to make friends. I actually don't recall what it felt like when we moved to 
Virginia, you mm-hmm. know, if it was hard to make friends or not. Sure. But man, I remember in Nebraska, that's where all of a sudden it it was hard. Mm-hmm. I remember I had this insecurity that I mm-hmm. I can recall being so vivid. I remember the first day of school mm-hmm. when I moved there and just feeling so uncomfortable. Yeah. I have no idea why that brings me to tears. <laughs> uh. Maybe it's the first time I remember insecurity. Oh, wow. Because it's, it's something that's stuck with me ever since. But anyway, I just huh. remember like caring so much about what other people thought mm. about me and what they what I looked like. And, sure. and, you know, at that point, you don't really know who you are yet. You know, sure. you're in middle school. And, yeah. But anyway, I, I remember no one approached me. And I remember feeling alone all mm. the time and super insecure. And yeah. I had to work really hard. I remember mom and dad always telling me, you got to go meet people. Sure. And that has really stood out for me over the years. And I think changed me mm. a little bit as I've gotten older and how I deal with people. Sure. I remember because the friendship group that I formed there in, in middle school was mm. a group they were the ones that accepted me, right? Mm-hmm. And they were completely different than someone I would have chosen for my friend group. They had nothing to do with sports. They were very homebody, and I feel like I was a little bit more independent. And mm. it was just a group that mom always said that she would look at me, and I was always the oddball, the one that didn't fit. Mm. Because what happened was that was the group that I stuck with for a little while yeah. until I became more comfortable and a little bit more confident and started playing sports. Mm-hmm. And then I gravitated over to a different group. Yes. And I completely was a jerk and left all those sweet girls behind, the uh-huh. ones that accepted me and welcomed me in. Mm-hmm. They're not who I connected with or mm. felt comfortable with, but they're who accepted me. Interesting. Yeah. I don't really recall that. That's yeah. interesting because I was doing my own thing. Uh-huh. So then you became sort of like the sports popular, I mean, or associated with that. Associated. I yeah. would never say I was popular. Again, that, uh-huh. that could be part of my insecurity. Mm-hmm. I feel like I that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to mm-hmm. be the popular crowd. I wanted to be with the jocks. And, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I don't think I would ever say I arrived at that place. I don't sure. think I was, you know, I was kind of like you. I felt like I was pretty neutral. Yeah. And I hung out with a small, I had a small group of close friends that were into sports Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I wanted to dabble in theater because you were dabbling in theater. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I always was falling in your footsteps, wanting to do what you were doing. And <laughs> I'm going to do it better than him, which uh-huh. I never did. So anyway, th- those are the yeah. things that I recall. And then yeah. I got a boyfriend oh, and sure. then it was all mm-hmm. lost from there because sure. I got so lost into my yeah. boyfriend and the sure. friendships surrounding those relationships. Mm-hmm. And then I was so selfish and yeah. inward focused. I mean, I, I had that similar situation when I was in junior high. I felt I was a chubby kid. And I do remember back, this had to have been maybe Virginia, that feeling very sorry, or maybe maybe even Colorado, uh, when I first went to junior high, feeling insecure, feeling out of place, feeling I didn't have the right clothes. Mm-hmm. I mean, our parents were not cheap. You know, they were frugal and they... We were clearance shoppers. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Well, yes, we, we, we never had name brands. I mean, but again, some of that had to do with living on base and everything else. But I do remember being upset that I didn't have the trendy clothes and the trendy shoes. And I did go through that period. But then when we moved to Nebraska, for whatever reason, I didn't care anymore. You didn't care, huh? So that's where I think about my friendships. Again, this is in retrospect. I uh-huh. didn't realize this at the time, but relationships in general are disposable. Huh. I kind of always had it in the back of my head that we were leaving. Did not matter. What I did didn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. obviously this is before internet and everything else. Yeah. So in my mind, it wasn't even really a good way to keep in touch with people. Yeah. I think when I got to Nebraska in high school, I felt like I wanted to change that, but didn't really know how. Mm. So I just stayed neutral. And again, I had close friendships and girlfriends that were, Mm. you know, big moments in in that part of my life. But I didn't really think about it as, I'll know these people forever. And I think the interesting dynamic here was it's a suburb of Omaha, way Mm. out, you know, in farm country, basically. And there was a lot of military kids that fed into that school. So the small town kids were like used to us, I think. Mm -hmm. But we still were just like those weirdos that kind of came in, you know, whatever. And that was the first time I really paid attention to like, oh, these people have gone to school since they were little kids. And like they know everybody. And for whatever reason, made it easier for me to go, well, they know each other. I'll never have that. You know, it doesn't matter to me, you know. So but I just was so interested in just doing what I wanted to do and do things that I was interested in and that happened to be theater. And that just became my focus. I don't know how I pulled it off, but high school overall was a very positive Mm -hmm. experience for me. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if it was me having sort of tunnel vision to everything around me or just not connecting to anything enough to make it matter. Uh, 
this has been something that's come up as I've talked to people too. When we moved, did you do you remember ever feeling like, okay, in this next place, I'm going to be X. I'm going to be this person. I'm going to be this side of myself. Or was it ever a conscious thing for you? Or was it always just like, oh God, here we go again. Gosh, I don't I don't remember the anticipation or lack of anticipation or mm-hmm. hesitation yeah. about moving. It was just kind of what we did. And as far as identity goes, I don't remember that evolving identity. Mm-hmm what it felt like going to Nebraska or leaving Virginia. Mm -hmm. All I remember is how much when I got to Nebraska and my Mm -hmm. last year of middle school, I had no idea who I was and I was so confused. Mm -hmm. And so I think my identity kind of became wrapped up in the sports and what I was interested in, Mm -hmm. kind of like what you said. Yeah. And then I went from there, but I remember craving closeness and friendships and not only that, but craving acceptance Mm -hmm. and validation or something mm-hmm. I just that insecurity just stands out to me so so much and hmm. I but I don't know why sure I don't recall enough of how I felt before and after to yeah yeah a lot of this I just maybe I didn't know about you back then you mm-hmm. know I mean I always you hang out with the popular kids and nobody I don't ever want to associate with and <laughs> that was you over there good for good for you don't remember liking a lot of the boyfriends yeah. but again my role as protector big brother no longer mattered yeah I mean, I just remember being so into me. And I remember playing soccer and it was just so inward focused all the mm. time. And I am sure we spent a ton of time together as a family, but I don't even yeah. I don't even remember that necessarily. But I think our parents saw a lot of this, us figuring stuff out. And mm. I I feel for the most part, they were just staying out of yeah. our, you know, and letting us do our thing. And Yeah. I mean, I, rem- yeah. I have very positive, you know, memory. I, w- I look back on high school and think mm-hmm. it was a very positive and comfortable mm-hmm. and happy time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also just remember my focus and, and my I- identity being wrapped up in my mm-hmm. friendships and my boyfriend mm-hmm. and my sports. Yeah. You know, there were incidents, oh, there were yeah. troubles, there were, you know, yeah. I look back at the time pretty fondly, even though I barely have connect stayed connected with any of those people. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, I have probably one person that mm-hmm. I will even remotely have any communication with, but I, but I live in terrible guilt around that. Oh, interesting. Cause I, I don't, I don't know. That's mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. I live in so much guilt that I have kind of developed a out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I don't feel guilty about it. Though. You don't feel guilty mm-hmm. about it. I really don't. Yeah. The mm-hmm. last time I connected with any of my high school friends was mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. but then ever since then I've I've just been estranged and I mm-hmm. almost feel like I'm the only one who's not stayed connected. And I, I think about like when one of their parents mm-hmm. passes away, like, do I go to their funeral? Sure. Do I go and console them? But I've yeah. never once gone and visited them over these mm-hmm. years. And I just feel so guilty as if I, you know, misused their friendship during that time, Interesting, you know, as huh. it was disposable and I needed them for what I needed them for in, in that season of my life that I was just hmm. so willing to let it go. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of, been passed along a little bit. I mean, that's how kind of relationships have been. Even as I've gotten older, I'm not very good at hanging on to them. And Mm -hmm. the ones that I still hang on to are the ones that are really good at hanging on to me. Yeah, I guess it'd be the same for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. as great as time as I felt I had in high school, never attended a reunion. Me neither, not one. And I, you know, did all the proms and the homecomings and everything else. And yeah, yeah, never done a reunion. Every time they tracked me down, I'm like, ugh, block, you know. (laughs) So it's just, yeah, never important to me. But the difference is you still don't care. It just hasn't mattered. Mm-hmm. There is guilt in sort of looking back at it. Yes, I also wish that I had done better at that. And it also had that cascading effect of me not being able to do well with lasting friendships mm-hmm. over time. And so that's where the, the guilt comes in. And I just didn't do the work, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that has trickled into a failed marriage and some mm-hmm. other thing. And some of it was conscious decisions at those times, and some of it was just how I saw things. Right. Yeah. Right. So, as you got to the end of high school, what did you? Where did you start looking for next steps? Well, it's funny because I was so involved with my friend group and so into them, but all I wanted to do was go back to Colorado. I think mm. mom and dad wanted to move back to Colorado, and I think I had. I had that same desire. I want to get back to the mountains. And so honestly, I I guess I would say I was, was smart-ish. I got really good grades, mm-hmm. but I didn't know really what I wanted to do. 
yeah. after high school and, and going to college was what was just expected. Mm-hmm. So I had never thought about anything else other than going to college. And so I remember I had wanted to go to the Air Force Academy mm. and I had had the application for that. I started filling it out. But it was so sad because of how insecure I was at that age. I thought that I would never get in. And so instead of trying, mm. giving it my best effort, mm-hmm. I told myself I couldn't do it. And mm. I didn't even submit my application. Oh, wow. I guess I never realized that you got that even that close. So. No, I wanted to. I think even in my junior year, I, lo- I got the application and I started filling it out. And I don't know if it was a laziness mm-hmm. or you had to be given referral letters from all these important people. Anyway, I, I didn't do it. And I, I thought, oh, I'll never get in. I don't have enough leadership qualities. But yet a part of all these things, but I... So you could have been qualified in theory. I, maybe. Yeah. I'd like to think that I could have. I might have been able to get a small scholarship for a small school to play soccer. Mm-hmm. But I... I didn't believe in myself. It was just so sad to think back on. Yeah. I can relate to a lot of this. You yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. So instead, I I applied to one college. I think, if I remember correctly, I applied I applied to CSU. And the only reason I applied to CSU is because it was the prettiest town with the prettiest mountains, and it was semi affordable. And I got accepted, and I didn't look back. Mm-hmm. I didn't set myself up like, let me apply to all these different mm-hmm. schools and see where I get in. I just mm-hmm. kind of took the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. I should say you weren't the only one still in love with Colorado. Our parents had basically committed to coming back to Colorado when they retired. Right. And so they did. They came back. They got jobs in Colorado. As part of you wanting to go there, they moved preemptively so you could get in-state tuition. Mm -hmm. Dad moved out a year early. Yeah. We lived together for the summer after my freshman year. So you could round out your summer there. And we we had this crazy party apartment. (laughs) That was super fun. Sometimes I, I think about that as like, oh, that's another move. Yeah. Oh, we, that's true. Our parents did sell our house and yeah. we moved in this two bedroom apartment. Yeah. And, and then oh. they let us live by ourselves. Yeah. That was wild. <laughs> you know, a couple of eights. Mom yeah. moved out to Colorado to be with dad. Yeah. It, yeah started was, the summer. It was ridiculous. They let us do that. But that was a great summer, as I recall. <laughs> I do too. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you go to Colorado. How did that start shaping, you know, your adult life? In some ways, I remember, granted, it was college, so I was all of a sudden I had all this independence, but I remember it being very reminiscent of when I moved to Nebraska and mm. felt so insecure in middle mm. school. I had such a hard time making friends and meeting mm. people. I I didn't want to put myself out there. I was mm. uncomfortable. I didn't, I had a boyfriend back in Nebraska, so I left this boy as much as I, you know, had that relationship, but I wanted to leave Nebraska. But the minute I got to Colorado and got to college, all I wanted to do was be with my friends and be with my boyfriend from high school. And so I spent, you know, my freshman year crying in my dorm room with my roommate who also had had friends that lived a couple hours away. And so she was always crying and we were just like this sad puddle of mess together. Sometimes I look back and and if I could do it all over again, I would have, you know, created a new identity. But instead, I held on to an Mm, old one. Okay. And was very. Which you hadn't really done before. Right. Mm -hmm. And was very uncomfortable and very sad all the time and Mm. could have been really changed the trajectory of of my life as far as relationships and things go. But I mean, luckily, I got over that eventually. Sure. (laughs) Well, I just I do think it's funny because I was off of my own little world. But we share that in common that we stayed with a high school uh-huh. Boyfriend, boyfriend situation. You know, mine went the distance. You you decided to drop yours eventually. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. neither here nor there. Uh-huh. But it didn't even occur to me until just now that we both had that same experience, yeah. and I do, I still don't think we were on a Mm-mm. connection point then. No. What did college look like for you after that? You know, I, well, after I moved out of the dorms for sophomore year and mm-hmm. became friends with a group of girls and a group of friends, but then I, I I dumped the boyfriend, but then started dating a new one, and I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I look back and, and can kind of see this picture of my life, I can see that it was in high school. Once I connected, once I found a strong connection mm-hmm. in high school and found my identity in that group, that's kind of how I was going forward. I always had a boyfriend. I always was mm-hmm. in a relationship. I, I was never popular in the sense that I had tons of friends, mm-hmm. but I was loyal to a small group of friends. Yeah. But I always had a boyfriend. I, I was dependent on them, mm-hmm. I think, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I went through college. It was, college was fine. I got a 3.5 GPA overall sure. and yeah. spent my four years in Fort Collins. And after I broke up with my high school boyfriend, I dated a guy from my sophomore year to the end of college mm-hmm. and ended up doing, I did six months of abroad in Australia, which was neat. 
and got a degree in social work. And mm-hmm. the way I got into social work is I wanted, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian until I realized math and science. Uh-huh. I sucked at math and science. <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up picking up social work that just felt easy. I think mm-hmm. I, I see also that I've always chosen the path of least resistance, the things that are going to be the least challenging for me. Mm. I don't know if it's because the things that are challenging to me, I'm, I was too afraid of failing at them. Mm. So instead, I chose the things that were going to be semi-easy pathways for me. Mm. But that's how I kind of look back at it. I did the exact opposite. Like, what is the hardest, <laughs> worst situation I could do to make this happen? And that's what I did. Okay, so I'd like to reflect back here. You're uh, mostly a fully formed person at that point. <laughs> Go back to that. Mm-hmm. Look at it now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, social work, you're interested in animals. You felt like you couldn't do that. Yeah. Next thing you wanted to take care of people. Mm-hmm. I think you're a natural nurturing kind of person like our mother. Mm-hmm. You talk about guilt in your former relationships and everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, you know, if I want to pay it forward. I want to help uh, people. I want to do things for people now. Mm-hmm. You know, is that am I projecting that onto you or? <laughs> No, but I think where I ended up, I'm not even sure Hmm. I had a sense of that. Okay. I think I was just so inward focused. I don't, Mm -hmm. I think when I got into grad school later Mm -hmm. on is when I really started to be able to get a picture of what I thought about the world and, Mm -hmm. and how I moved in it. But I remember as far as like helping people in my profession, Mm -hmm. I can look back on our time. We had a good life. We had a stable life. We Mm -hmm. never hurt for what we needed. Our parents, even though we didn't have tons of money, it always felt like we had anything we needed. And mm-hmm. so I, and we didn't have a lot of trauma that I can recall anyway. Sure. And so when I started to be introduced, I, I feel like growing up in that sort of military bubble a little bit. And mm-hmm. even when we didn't live on the base, yeah. you know, we didn't spend a lot of time with people that lived a very different life with us. I think as we always gravitated to people who lived a fairly, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Similar life. Similar life. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I chose chose social work as a profession. And all of a sudden, I started working and seeing the lives of other people outside of my own little bubble and my mm-hmm. own world. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, there was suffering and hurt and pain in different socioeconomic groups. And mm-hmm. that I just, I feel like I had blinders on to my whole growing up experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like I had tunnel vision. And maybe it's because I paid so much attention to me or because we lived you know, in in a community around people like us, I just didn't look outside of that. And so mm. I think getting into social work and started to experience like what else was out there mm. and seeing mm-hmm. different things. And so I think where I landed was, man, I, I really led this protected, mm. very comfortable life. And that's not the norm. Mm. And so I think when I started to want to help people, my angle was always, well, you know, I didn't live in your shoes. I haven't gone through mm-hmm. all that hardship. I, I know what feeling safe mm-hmm. feels like. <laughs> and I feel like I want to help you find a level of safety in your own life. That's, that is really interesting. I want you to be able to find a different way of living if you want it. Yeah. You know, whether it's through mental health or mm-hmm. partners that you're choosing or decisions that you're making, I want yeah. you to be able to find some sort of comfort and safety mm-hmm that I feel because I think I've always Mm. felt that way. I've always felt safe. And maybe I don't remember things because I don't feel like I had, I didn't have to, I didn't have to pay much attention because things were always, you know, safe for me. You know, these days they call that privilege. Yeah. And I think absolutely back then, I mean, you're framing it in a different way, right? Maybe you didn't call it, we didn't call it privilege, but you saw this life that you found happiness and comfort and you wanted to give that to other people. It Mm -hmm. sounds like, and Mm -hmm. You know, people want to be defensive about their privilege. You wanted to share it yeah. almost is how you, it sounds. Well, I was defensive. I remember in grad school, the class that I took, so it, it was a grad school program for counseling. This mm-hmm. is after I'd been in social work for a while. My grad program was for counseling and I, you know, lived and seen a little bit more and mm-hmm. had been, my eyes had been opened up, but I don't think my, I'm not sure I, I really fully opened up to the idea that you know, it was always like, this was my life and those are those people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember this multicultural class challenged me so much. And mm-hmm. that's where privilege and white privilege and all those concepts were first presented to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like everybody else. I was so defensive to mm-hmm. the idea that I I could be a part of oppressing people when, sure. when wait a second, I work in social work and mm-hmm. all I want to do is help people. But mm-hmm. so I think at that point in time is where I really started to shift mm-hmm. And, and having an understanding of who I was and my impact on other people and, mm-hmm. you know, my really sheltered 
existence. Mm-hmm. And so I still continued to want to be doing the same thing. But that's where I really gathered that concept of mm-hmm. I have lived this privileged life and mm-hmm. I acknowledge that. But I still had this strong, deep desire to, you know, to help other people find, mm-hmm. again, find security and comfort in their own mm-hmm. lives. I don't know. So it's a perspective mm-hmm. I've never really heard before. And I don't think we've ever really mm-hmm. talked about it either. No. You know? All right. Well, you mentioned moving to Chicago. So what did things look like for you in terms of moving, in terms of shifting once you were out in the world like that? Well, again, I was following a boyfriend. And so I feel like, you know, so much of my existence was trying to fit into a life that Mm -hmm. he had already, he left uh, or a semester before me, moved Mm -hmm. to Chicago and started creating this life. And I moved out there and turns out he didn't really want me to be a part of that life. Mm -hmm. So we we shortly thereafter separated. And that was a stark reality for me because all of a sudden I was First time I'd been single in a lot of years mm. and really having to figure out who I was mm. on my own. Yeah. And it was hard. It was really hard. And I I feel like I bumbled my way through it. I had a lot of, you know, I, I made a solid group of friends, actually. I, mm-hmm. I found intentionality and I recognized how I couldn't sit back and wait. Mm. I think the first time that I took charge mm. and found my independence because I was this little lonely girl in this <laughs> big old city. So I got on a mm-hmm. soccer, social soccer team mm. and met this incredible group of also single independent business people that live there. And mm-hmm. that's who I really stuck with for a couple of years. And, and I, you know, I worked in my profession and I, I dated and I partied and I went out and I just enjoying myself living life in my twenties, but doing social work. So also, you know, had this very selfish side of me, but also this, you know, mm-hmm. side that was really trying to. Was that in balance then, do you think? Or, I mean, in balance? What? No, I'm saying was it in balance, oh. like with it, with what you're doing? I think it was compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think from day one, which I, I don't know if I attribute this to moving and, and some of the shifts growing up, but I yeah. have always been able to compartmentalize my life. I can mm-hmm. go to work and I can deal with the most horrific stuff and you know see people's pain and share and carry this large amount of burden that they're Mm -hmm. dealing with in our lives but i can turn it off and come home and live my own Mm. and it doesn't bother me it doesn't i mean not to say that i'm heartless or Mm -hmm. but i think i became callous Mm. to what i learned in in the lives of people at work and then i came home and i and i did my own thing and Mm. i think a lot of that selfishness that that could be self-preservation self-preservation you know i I think you can't take some of that home with you so maybe that's right well how you dealt with it i don't know i like to think i always thought that was a strength i also think that that's a a large part of my white privilege being Mm. able to turn it off because i didn't live live in their neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and i didn't Mm -hmm. you know deal with similar things i wasn't a part of their lives i was i was a professional coming in and trying to assert myself into their lives is what i was Mm -hmm. For the good or bad. Yeah. I don't know. I sure. think I had good intentions. Yeah. But but that's how it was. So hmm. I think that's how I balanced it. I, a good good dose of compartmentalization. See, I, I asked that because I feel there was no time for any kind of evaluation or self-care or yeah. looking at the bigger world. And is there things I could do? To, I didn't, didn't do any of that sort yeah. of stuff. And so, interesting. you know, briefly we overlapped in Chicago and we were, I think... We reconnected somewhat. And, yeah. We, I think we we always lived from the moment we left home. We just, well, even before we left home, we just lived different yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, we're in different social circles, enjoyed mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah. we didn't, na- our lives never naturally connected. Right. Yeah, right. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how many times you moved in Chicago? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I could sit and I probably... Four, five—I don't know—but it was you know once moved to get away from a boy. No, once moved with the boyfriend from a tiny apartment to a bigger apartment. Broke up with him, moved into another apartment with this random group of people. Uh-huh. Then moved from there to another apartment because my best friend Megan from high school or from oh. college moved out with me, mm-hmm. uh, and then she decided to move home. And then I, oh, oh gosh, the <laughs> <laughs> the new roommate. Boy, he was real cute and loved dogs. So he and I. You know, he became my new roommate. And uh-huh. Boy, we connected uh-huh. and we moved again together. And then we moved out to Colorado. So how many is that? Like five or six times just in Chicago. And that was only in like a two and a half year right. period. Yeah, that's, that was impressive uh. there. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got tired of Chicago and you moved to a mountain town in Colorado. Yeah. The boy was the impetus, but like yeah. what was behind that? I felt like I wanted to move to the mountains. I felt like, because when we lived in Colorado, I ski mm-hmm. or snowboarded a lot mm-hmm. and 
I like the cold with the snow, not just the bitter cold in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So we moved out to the mountain town and... Social work, though, wasn't a thing then. Well, you know, at that point, I felt like I might want to try to be a veterinarian out for summer. And I think it was all about the boyfriend at the time. I oh, think yeah. I met him. We were very into our dogs together. That's what we had in common. <laughs> He did another job, but together we thought we wanted to open a dog daycare. And then once we moved out here and our relationship started to suffer, then all of a sudden I was in this place of trying to realize who I was again. Mm. You know, here I yeah. am now. I'm now I'm this single girl in a mountain town. And <laughs> sure. who am I again? And I feel like I yeah. was constantly like reinventing myself or trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. So I started taking a class here and there. I worked mm. at a vet clinic for a little while. Oh, yeah. But actually, eventually, I went back to social work. Okay. Um, I got a job, like a big girl job in Summit County. Okay. And worked. Sounds like you needed a break yep. for a while. You did yeah. some of this stuff, right? Yeah. Not a lot of people know about mountain towns, yeah. right? I mean, they're a lot of fun. Totally. But, but they're very much a, a small town at a high elevation. Never, right? never land. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like pe- people kind of come up there and uh-huh. you don't have to grow up because yeah. it's just so much fun and mm-hmm. you party and you snowboard and uh-huh. you're either in the food industry or you mm-hmm. own a business. There's not a whole lot of in between. Sure. So I think people go up there to play and mm-hmm. live this fun existence. But it's insular, right? I mean, it's a very small world. Totally. Every, I mean, it very much that small town vibe of everyone knows yep. everyone. Everyone's kind of. Mm-hmm. doing everyone mm-hmm. blah, you know everyone's mm-hmm. any, each other's business in all sorts of ways and yeah and that relationship fizzled <laughs> real fast oh, okay so i mean you you met your, the guy you would eventually marry there yeah i just laugh because <laughs> the roller coaster that that took is amusing to me you don't have to go to a ton of details but walk us through what that what that turned into well the man I'm married to now, we met in Summit County after I broke up with the other. I mean, clearly looking back, all I did was date. <laughs> At least I was a serial monogamous. Yeah. I didn't, sure, didn't sure. cheat and mm-hmm. have multiple. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was always with one person. But yeah. very clearly, that was mm-hmm. I was very dependent on mm-hmm. my partners. But I met my current husband at my only husband at a restaurant. I was waiting tables. He was cooking. He was getting into culinary school. And he, he was a rap star. He was... <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, we talk about in high school, I always wanted to be the popular person. But sure. back then, like, I couldn't ever date the popular guy or okay. I wasn't really that popular. It was just always what I wanted. And mm-hmm. so I always had this image of who I wanted to be, but never, stri- you know, was. But when I moved to Summit County and I met this guy and he rapped and he had baggy pants and backward hat. And I was, you know, he was this cool guy and, mm-hmm. oh, and he, he picked me. Sure. And so anyway, we, we dated and and fell in love and you know, played and partied and had a, a really fun time. And eventually we left Summit County together to move around to explore our lives and career. And fast forward 14 years, we've been married. And now he's the farthest thing from a rapper, uh-huh. you know, there could ever be. He's a wonderful, God-fearing man who loves the Lord. And he's been a pastor and he, he's a professional chef and and he's a wonderful father. And so anyway, my life couldn't be any more different than it was when we were in yeah, Summit County. It's amazing you, what years. Yeah. Well, do. could you elaborate a little bit more on that uh, moving and exploration part? That's, that's, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all that. Yeah. From the time I lived in Summit County uh-huh. till now, I think mm-hmm. I wrote down that I had about seven moves uh-huh. from state, different states uh-huh. from after after high school and that doesn't even count in between you know all the small moves within a city okay so when i lived in summit county with charles i probably had another five or six moves okay with friends then in with him and then we bought a place and then mm-hmm. so just constantly moving and shifting I, Both I definitely, coasts. yeah oh so yeah we left summit county to go explore a career for him even though i had this great job great paying job he wanted to check see what it felt like to cook out of summit county and so we went all the way to california we lived there for a very, I mean, we're talking two and a half months. Uh-huh. We crashed and burned, spent all our money. I couldn't find a good job. It was in the 2008 mm-hmm. market crash. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, and California mm-hmm. was broke and I couldn't get a government job or, a, mm-hmm. you know, child welfare job. And so we ended up jumping ship and driving all the way to Vermont and living in mom, grandma, you know, mother-in-law's basement for <laughs> yeah. six months. I think we lasted. I got a good job mm-hmm. for the government and Charles, ugh. Anyway, that didn't last. We moved all the way back to Denver, lived in an apartment for two years, broke as a joke, just trying to reestablish our footing. And and then eventually we were able to buy a house and kind of start to settle down and establish ourselves. But oh. it was interesting to watch that from afar because I think we have reconnected yeah. by that point. Yeah. And 
I mean, heartbreaking in, in times, yeah. but like, what are you guys doing? Oh, you know, I know. Like, and, but I mean, at the same time, it was like, good for you, you know? I mean, yeah. but I guess, was there a built in itch to move or was it just circumstantial for a, a little bit of both? I think some of it was an itch. And, and my husband, he grew up moving from town to town to town. So I think oh, so we need to talk to him too, then, don't yeah, we? Yeah, no, he, he lived in a lot of different places, mostly in Colorado with okay. his mom. His well, mom moved him and his sister. Yeah. So I think together, we both had a bit of an itch and mm. neither one of us had lived very long. I mean, aside from maybe, where was it? Nebraska, we had kind of moved around every three, That's, three and a half years. I always years. have averaged it at that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. give or take. Yeah. I think the two of us had an itch mm-hmm. for sure. And I think we were just at a place of, again, trying to figure out who we were. Mm-hmm. And then we just couldn't get our footing yeah. anywhere we went. Mm-hmm. And we just we couldn't figure it out. And then not only was it just me then, it was two of us mm-hmm. married now. Sure. Really trying to figure out who we were mm-hmm. as adults and as professionals together and it was really hard but moving felt like nothing back then yeah, you know it was we easy. had yeah. it was easy yeah, yeah. and it kind of didn't take a lot to say okay let's do it mm-hmm. because we we knew it we're mm-hmm. used to it yeah but everywhere you went it was it was hard and it was sure. hard to gain friendships and establish yourself so it was funny that we kept doing it yeah but you had each other, had each so other. you know it's, it's yeah. a different dynamic that is then, the right? difference yeah. yeah so you've talked a little bit about your friendships and relationships what does that look like today for you sort of back at it oh man i don't want to say out of sight out of mind but that's kind of how i carry myself i get it i have to be really intentional to Mm -hmm. remain in contact with people no i get that well then there's another dynamic of when you have a a partner yeah and so and i know you know because you've had a partner now for a while Mm -hmm. too but like as of right now i can't say that we have any other couples that we're close with and that we're doing life with and Mm -hmm. can count on Mm. But that's something I, we've talked a lot about wanting to do better together. And now that we're older, we feel like we're missing out. Mm. Like we're missing sharing our lives with other couples hmm. or other people okay. because, our, because our relationships are so surface and not hmm. full of depth. All right. Well, one thing that changed for you guys is you, you have two kids. We do have two kids. That obviously changes things quite a bit. Mm-hmm. How old are the boys again? Eight and almost six. Right on. This one has been really interesting to me because I've talked to a couple of people that are interested in having kids and stuff. You had this life as a kid uh-huh. and good, bad, ugly. Uh-huh. How do you imagine yourself parenting from that experience? And what do you want for them mm-hmm. in terms of how you raise them now? Interesting. Well, I mean, as far as the moving around, we've actually want badly to raise our kids in one place. Mm-hmm. And I think because there are certain things that we look back and assume were things that we missed out on, whether mm-hmm. it be friendships or not getting to know family because we moved around so much or, mm-hmm. you know, it being so hard for us every time we move to get to know people and to get comfortable. Like, I feel like we have talked about wanting or I personally want my kids to experience something different. Mm-hmm. Not to say the way I was raised was not awesome yeah. or not good, but yeah. I want to see, you know, how it could be different for them. So I would love to raise them in one place so they have friendships that they can build over time. That being said, how recently have you just moved? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Touche. <laughs> Hopefully this will be the only other oh, okay. move. I don't know. Because we lived in Denver. We raised them in Denver for eight years. Mm-hmm. Had this desire to move. And, and we loved it there because they did. They had friends that they were friends with since they were six months old. I mean, yeah, sure. And we valued that so, so much. We mm-hmm. thought that was so neat. And oh, for us to be able to look back on that. Mm-hmm. But here, you're absolutely right. Here we are. We moved again. Well, I just, this could be a home base for you guys. Yeah. And, I, and it feels like it could be, it yeah. has that potential to be that. I mean, do you guys imagine traveling? Do you guys imagine wanting to get out there mm-hmm. with them? At least that. I think we, we wanted a different lifestyle than what Denver was providing. So mm-hmm. we want to be active and out. And I think that was, yeah, that was one of the biggest ones. Although mm-hmm. we just threw that out the window. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> irony of it. But I mean, you pointed out diversity and inclusion yeah. is something, I mean, it's very important, not in, only in your professional life, but you took great measures in Denver to yeah. send them to Spanish mm-hmm. immersive mm-hmm. schools mm-hmm. and they were surrounded by oh, kids okay. of color, often by being some of the only white yeah. kid, you know, are you guys concerned that you are putting them in a bubble now? Yeah, totally. Um, what steps do you imagine taking to kind yeah. of avoid that, you yeah. know? That's a good question because we we did in in Denver we very much built up their life there mm-hmm. in teaching them yeah. you know about diversity and I, and I think that became important to me you're making me remember because I felt like I was so mm-hmm. protected and mm-hmm. 
you know, stuff growing up, I have made it like a passion mm -hmm. to make sure my kids see diversity sure. and learn about it and mm -hmm. celebrate it and are not around kids that only look like them. I don't want them to gravitate to, mm -hmm. to kids only lo looking like them. And mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons, I want them to learn about other cultures and mm -hmm. share in other cultures. And I want to raise them to be, you know, just amazing boys with big hearts who love everybody and, and mm -hmm. see differences in people. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so moving up here, that's a great question. We've talked about that a ton. Mm -hmm. And right now they're going to very much an all-white school. And mm -hmm. so you're right. We could very much be back in this bubble. But the one of the big draws us moving up here was that I could go work on an Indian reservation. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was a way for me to still be a part of a community that was not like me, mm -hmm. where I could go into and support and love and learn about, mm -hmm. certainly. And so it continued my work, being able to work with, with people in maybe high-risk communities and high-need areas. Mm -hmm. And so what I think we're doing now as a family is we're going to church down there on Sundays and we have a desire to introduce our kids to that. Mm -hmm. And I Including want, the native stuff as well? I mean, not just the Christian churches there, but the native culture? Or is that more so. Okay. More so the native want, culture. Okay. I mean, we, we want to befriend people. We yeah. want to share in the, their mm -hmm. lives in, in whatever way, you know, hmm. we can just be a part of that. And yeah. that's it's important for me and our children to... Hmm. I think, be a part of. It's good that you are conscious of that and you're continuing that. I mean, obviously, Denver was a growing city with a lot of growing concerns. And mm -hmm. the last couple of years have been quite, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of upheaval and yeah. social unrest. And so, I mean, there's a concern to doing the right thing for your family. I know yeah. we have talked about this. You've And I gave you a hard time about, you know, being part of the new white flight or whatever. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, yeah, you know, you're doing the best Thing you think is you should yeah. be doing for your family right now yeah. nobody can blame you for that you but know? i also don't feel like we're we're leaving intentionally to get away mm -hmm. from bad you know yeah. i'm not leaving because there's riots in the city mm -hmm. i'm not leaving because i'm afraid of violence in mm -hmm. our community yeah i'm not leaving for any of those reasons i don't think it was a, us fleeing anything it mm -hmm. was us going to find a different life for ourselves that mm -hmm. involved more outdoors more independence less time sure. i don't know also, more time for you as a family. More time for like, us as a know. family. The unfortunate part mm -hmm. is that we lost a lot of those other things that we really cared about. Like They were sure. a part of this really neat, mm -hmm. diverse football league mm -hmm. that really poured into mm -hmm. these inner city kids. And yeah. like that was super important for us as an entire family. And so mm -hmm. the loss that we took, the hit mm -hmm. that we took moving sure. up here was it's leaving like, that stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's a good way yeah. to put it. With that in mind, if you had friend groups or parents that you dealt with and stuff, mm -hmm. I mean... If they were coming to you and asking your advice about what's the ideal way to do this, I mean, could you say there are pros and cons to the way you were raised and, you know, how people should look at it these days? Mm. God. I know, that's a big question. No, I know. I have a hard time processing the question and then narrowing it down to my answer. No, I, I guess my my advice would just be like, I'm not someone who wants to shelter. I don't believe in sheltering. And I think I've I've been around people the last few years who they want to shelter. When mm -hmm. they choose chose to move out of the inner city, they chose mm -hmm. it because they were getting away from all those things that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. For me, and there are different ways to parent and different approaches, but yeah. I felt like my childhood was very sheltered and that I, yeah. you know, was in shock as a young, growing teenager. I don't know if I had a very open, you know, worldview or understanding of the mm -hmm. world outside of my family and how we did it mm -hmm. and the other families in the military communities. And so I felt disadvantaged by that maybe hmm. growing up. So I think that's why my focus was always, I got to get my, I want them to see and I want them to know mm -hmm. and I want them to mm -hmm. be, me to be able to use those moments as teaching moments. Sure. And this is, you know, this is our family and how we do things. But these families are mm. no less amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, they just mm -hmm. do things different and they make different choices. Sure. But I wanted to let my kids experience that and see it and not yeah. be in shock when mm. they realize there was other communities and different people out there. So well, it sounds like even the experiences they had as a young age at least has given them that perspective. Yeah. And that's why the worldview conversation has been something important to me because mm -hmm. yeah i don't remember liking this life as a kid right i mm -hmm. mean and always hard always hard to start the next yep. thing always new yeah and especially the moving mid-year or you know mm -hmm. a lot of things i did not enjoy or like as a kid i don't know that we verbalized a lot of it to our parents right but 
I've talked to people about the grass being greener on the other side, right? Always like looking at these friends who knew each other forever and envied that. They hung out with their cousins and they knew their, you know, it was all things I wished we had as a kid, you know. As I got to be an adult, I realized that had its benefits in being able to see the world as a larger place, Mm -hmm. knowing that there were other types of people, knowing there were other places Mm -hmm. and options. And I'm grateful for that, you know. Mm this has just come up a lot with our parents recently in terms of how they are seeing the world now in different ways now that they are retired and Mm -hmm. working minimum wage jobs and all and even their perspective in this late age is is looking back at that going huh we were really kind of isolated right so again so grateful for the life we had and i do see things in a very different way but at the same time we're still not some cosmopolitan Right. Worldly kind of minded people. I mean, and so somebody pointed out it was interesting, like these days, there are so many ways for us to be in contact with former people Mm -hmm. in our lives, the world being that much smaller with the Internet or whatever. There's so many more ways to be exposed. Right. So you, in theory, these days could be in one place your whole life, but Mm -hmm. still be a button away from so many things that we never really had the, you know, the exposure to. So I think. There is a flip. I mean, people have said they want to have kind of both these days, yeah. right? They want to maybe be planted and be close mm-hmm. to family and have that community, but also know that there's a much bigger world and much bigger problems. Yeah. And, there's also a difference yeah. between knowing that those things and those other mm-hmm. lifestyles and ideologies and those things exist mm-hmm. and then experiencing them. Sure. Yeah, you know, totally. In real life or mm-hmm. like walking next to those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing life mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a big difference. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's something I've been able to gain mm-hmm. in trying to put myself in scenarios and situations where I'm not isolating myself and I'm learning mm-hmm. by doing and experiencing and sure. living alongside people, not just knowing of them or knowing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Sounds like you'll be continuing <laughs> to walk that balance. And well, that's, hopefully. you know, hopefully all of this has been a good learning experience that you can, you know, keep taking with you. And it sounds like you're still interested in figuring out what is important to you, what yeah. you want to pass on to your boys. And yeah. I don't, you know, I, I think that's, that's good. You're still interested in growth. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about memories and mm-hmm. you're not living in some past you can't remember. And you are sort of living here now with your family and yeah. moving forward. And it's, yeah. it's really great to see, you know. Thanks. All right. So we've kind of come into a wrap here. I started asking people this and, I've had reservations about it, but this idea, if you could somehow magically go back and like wave the wand and change how uh-huh. we grew up. Very counselor question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what would that look like? You know, what would be the different? What would be the same? Hmm. Would anything change? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I think we had very loving and supportive I, parents who pretty much allowed us to be who we wanted to be. I don't mm. remember feeling stifled. Mm-hmm. They They've always just been... You know, we'll support you in whatever you're making. We might not love your choices. Yeah. yeah. Would I have done anything different? <sighs> Probably not. Yeah. I mean, Probably not. Yeah. I mean, that's it's hard because there's <laughs> there's no necessary merit in exploring it because you can't. Right. I, I think I wish I had maintained better relationships with mm-hmm. family. Yeah. I think I do covet the cousin and those tight relationships. And I think Mm -hmm. if I was so bad at, you know, (laughs) friendship relationships, like at least maybe having, Mm -hmm. you know, more intimate family relationships. And Mm -hmm. because I see how other people, Mm -hmm. you know, have those relationships and I envy that a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I think that having, having maybe helped that a little bit more actually would have wished we as a family might've traveled more. And like, I don't remember dad went to Korea, but you and I never got to go. Mm. We lived in Europe when we were really, really young, but we didn't do that as a family much. And so, you know, I I always think of people talking about living in this military life where they've gotten to travel and go see and explore. Mm -hmm. And that's really neat. But I don't feel like we had Mm. much of that. Well, I guess countered more than your average kid, but probably less than your your kids of UN parents or something. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Like I said, I don't know if there's any merit in doing that exercise, but it's just, it is interesting to me. Yeah. And we've talked about memory quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if we've really indicated how we both just share this memory block of our childhood. Yeah. When I talk to people, they're kind of like, well, that's interesting that it's both of you. And like, you'd think that we live some crazy traumatic life. And if our only trauma was moving every three to four years, that's still a privileged way of life, you know, and 
I do want to explore the whole memory thing more. You know, I do want to talk to mom and dad and yeah. the four of us could maybe That'd do this cool. and see where our memories connect or don't connect. Cause it mean, I feel like they make up some memories for us in many cases. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. no, that'd but, be neat. I'd be okay. down, down with that. Cool. Yeah. And I think there's a, a, a lot that moving around and experiences like that. Mm-hmm. I think more about who I am mm-hmm. in relation to what's passed down from mom and dad. Sure. Mm-hmm. What kind of traits we took from them. Yeah. And so there's certain things that I've attributed to being in the military, like mm-hmm. it's hard to acclimate and hard to make friends and mm-hmm. we leave friends and it's okay. And we don't, but I think there's more about my personality that I, I think I attribute to what we got passed down from our parents, mm, sure. you know, but would be interesting to see how they evolved because mm-hmm. maybe being living in that military life really affected them mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah, so I'd be interested yeah. to hear how it affected them and therefore they impacted us. Okay. Well, more on that to come. Yeah. Group therapy, uh, family <laughs> therapy as it is. We'll see if I can right. wrangle that. Wrapping this up. I mean, how does it feel to talk about it like this? <laughs> I mean, we've been doing the last couple of days. Yeah. I'm just trying to get a temperature check with people, you know? You know, it. it's really, I think it's really neat and it's really good to do. I think I'm, I'm someone who, you know, at being in the world of counseling, mm-hmm. I'm really good at encouraging others to self-reflect mm-hmm. and to really like look inward and get a good pulse on how you're feeling and why you're feeling and looking back and, you know, so anyway, just self-reflection, mm-hmm. but I'm terrible at doing it myself. Mm. So unless someone really intentionally asks me certain questions, I don't I don't really look back mm-hmm. much yeah. or do a lot of pontificating about who I am and why I am the way I am. And mm-hmm. so so this has been been really interesting. It's kind of sad in some ways because I can pinpoint back to the first time I felt insecure mm-hmm. as a yeah. middle school kid and, mm-hmm. you know, and can make connections to how I felt since then, even to this day and some of the, mm-hmm. you know, insecurities I experienced. I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. I don't know if I gave you any information no, for what you're... The, I mean, you're what fourth or fifth person I've started talking to about this stuff. And really the first fellow military brat I've even talked to. So, yeah. I mean, everybody's got this really different experience. Yeah. You know, I just think it's it could be a way for us just to, in a very small way, like see how other people lived. And I think there mm-hmm. is ways to see empathy in that mm-hmm. alone, you know. So mm-hmm. I hope that's what yeah. comes out of all of this is, you know, what, it, being able to share that yeah. somehow, you know. Well, and I think going into this, mm-hmm. I think questions have come up around what, how we were impacted mm-hmm. by moving around and being military. Sure. But my guess is I think a lot of people are really mm-hmm. asking these same questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Right on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. I'm going to stop this. Okay. Okay. That was episode four with my sister, Stacy. I feel like I learned a lot about her that I didn't know before. And it was fun to sort of catch up that way. And a slight disclaimer here for our parents who I'm sure will listen to this episode. We do talk a lot about how faulty and unreliable our memories have been throughout our whole lives. And so, uh, you know, sorry for any inaccuracies. Absolutely no fact-checking went into this episode. So feel free to come on and correct us if you'd like to talk about it further. The next episode will be with a really close friend of mine. He's a South Korean immigrant, a theatrical scenic designer, and New York-based fashion model. Thank you to everyone who's listened to the show so far. If you wouldn't mind leaving me a rating or a review on any of your platforms, it will only help make the show better in the future. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you in the next time. This is a production of The Full Medium.